Hey guys, before we get started tonight, just wanted to mention that our sponsor, Greenland Movie, is offering a promotion through Bronx Bomber Ball. Mention us, interact with us, DM us on Twitter, and we'll send you a Blu-ray free copy of Greenland Movie with deleted scenes, extras, the whole nine yards. So be sure to mention us, interact with us on Twitter for your chance to win. We only have five copies of the movie, so make sure to mention us as fast as you can for your chance to win. Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, shaving your downstairs area can be difficult, but those troubles are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring skin-safe technology, it glides nice and smooth, so you're not in any danger of nicks and cuts to your delicate downstairs area. It also has a convenient LED light, so you can see where you're trimming, plus it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. I've been using mine for a few weeks now, and it's awesome. It works great, and it will totally change your grooming game. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes included in the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Crop Reviver and Crop Preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Get all these great products, as well as a super comfortable anti-chafing boxers, plus a great travel bag to carry it all in. The Perfect Package is valued at over $150, but right now you can get it all for just $89.99. Manscaped features some of the perfect gifts to give to the men in your life. Gift your friends, your family, and yourself the gift of Manscaped. Right now, when you go to manscaped.com, you can use the code BABBLE and get 20% off plus free shipping. That's BABBLE, B-A-B-B-L-E, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. live for the 78th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight I'm with Andrew, and I'm with Alex. How are we doing, fellas? What's Not up, my bad. man? Oh. Baseball is back. Yep, yep. It's, you know, it's always like a such a good feeling, such a good vibe when you wake up and you just see that text, pitchers and catchers reporting. You see the video of all the pitchers coming in to Tampa, right? Steinbrenner, and a little different this year, obviously, you can't really like obviously most years you don't no one has a mask on and certain players you could tell who they are but some of the guys you're like wait who is that because it was really quick but nevertheless it it was just so great seeing all the guys come back in all the pitchers and catchers the position players will be there shortly some are already starting to come in i believe but yeah a lot a lot of things happened since we last podded guys i mean most of the off season it feels like for most episodes, we go, eh, not really much to talk about. Not much has happened. Resign DJ. That was kind of the vibe. But man, we the Yankees made a lot of minor moves, yes, but a lot of somewhat significant moves and some some real notable names on this spring training invites list, right? So we're gonna get all into that. We're gonna get into uh, Guardy's possible future, some other news and notes around the MLB. But guys, how, how we feeling? Jay Bruce, Justin Wilson, a lot of guys, Robert Chirinos, um, some will be cut, some won't make the team, but some of these guys could have a real impact on the team this season. I love what they've done recently because it seems like the Yankees in past years have just thought, okay, we have to stay underneath the luxury tax. That just means don't do anything. But this year, they're really trying to stay underneath while also improving their team. Where you look at the contract for Justin Wilson, like you're saying, they see that they're only, you know, they don't have that much breathing room. I don't know how much they're underneath. 
the uh, luxury tax right now? Andrew, do you know off the top of your head because you normally know things like that? <laughs> well, it, it varies based on where you look, right? So uh, oh, okay. it has a different number. Spot check has a different number. I think it's five or six million clear. Okay. Yeah, but either way, they know that. But so then they work out some type of contract with Wilson, which I can't, I can't imagine it's going to be more than you know. Four. They haven't announced the the terms of it yet, right? No, Luigi and I were talking about that before we started. Before you answered or joined the call, we were just saying like the Wilson deal. It's just been reported, but no details at all. But like I was saying, it's just a lot of different players, like. Wilson and Jay Bruce and Chirinos and Derek Dietrich, who are not, you know, they're not going to light up the world. They're not superstars, but if they're on the team, if they're on the Yankees in 2021, they have the, uh, they have a real chance to help the team. They've right. been it's like, it's the best case, years. worst case type deal, right? Exactly. So either they, they're on the roster because there was injuries and they, they have to fill in, um, which you hope not to have, but I feel more comfortable with guys of this ilk than uh, the, the parade of minor leaguers that we've gone through in previous years. Yeah, exactly. Or the other side of the coin is they're on the major league roster because they earned their spot in spring training or were hitting in AAA um, yeah. and did not. I mean, a lot of these guys probably have opt-outs. If they don't make the team out of, uh, out of camp, they'll just hit free agency. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. There, there's a lot of... There's not. There's a limited there's team, a, right? Because a guy a like Jay Bruce, attention. Robinson, Chirinos, they're not going to hit. They're not going to light the world on fire. I mean, Bruce, Bruce has a lot of pop, but I mean, these guys are hitting what 90, right? Uh, so I they, they could Bruce be. Has been, Bruce has been pretty bad for the last couple years now. Yeah. yeah, I feel real. I just I feel really good about Bruce though, just because it's been a while since the Yankees have had just a lefty power hitter. You know, I mean, the last guy they really had was. I don't know, Didi? <laughs> yeah, and it, it really is something you don't think about a lot. And then you, no. like, someone asks, like, yo, what great lefty power bound the Yankees had last few years. And then you you just go blank. You're like, wow. It, that's almost always yeah. a constant with the Yankees having the lefty power bat. Exactly. I mean, Didi, the other Didi a couple of years ago, he had 27 home runs, but you don't think of him as a power hitter. Um, you know, someone like Greg Bird was always. Uh, thought of as a power hitter and then he fell off the face of the planet because he but like, honestly the last up. the last power lefty power hitters i could think of are like Teixeira and brian mccann in 2016 i mean are we forgetting g-man Choi? like come on I know just... <laughs> oh you know what you're right i'm sorry beltron was having a pretty decent year before we trade the year we traded him uh, I, he had like 20 home that runs. That was also that was also 2016. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I but he's a really switch hitter, so I don't I don't have offhand. Which that's one yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I never true. thought of Beltran as a power hitter as like a lefty power hitter just because he was a switch hitter. Yeah. And he was the always guy. he was also always good from either side of the plate. He's not. Mm-hmm. Um, his splits were never overly drastic. I think the really the name that really popped out was Derek Dietrich. That was the name that, like, we saw that. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, here's a guy who could be off the team, obviously, in a, a few weeks, right? They could just say, eh, he didn't look good, whatever. But he has good lefty bat off the bench and, like, kind of postseason folk hero written all over him. Yeah. I mean, he's just one Andrew. of those He's uh, just one of those guys, him, man. Another thing with him is he has so much versatility, too. He could play anywhere on the field. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the Yankees pretty much have their infield set up 
but he can, you know, he's basically a much, much worse Ben Zobris. <laughs> With more power. How much, much? How much worse? <laughs> <laughs> much, much worse. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy not, that not, not to not to sell him at all, you know. But uh, he he's he's much much worse than Ben's overs. <laughs> Sold. Um, he, look, he's a guy that definitely a tool. Like I just get oh, it out God, of here. Yeah. Major tool. One of, probably if you had to make a top five tools in the MLB, he's probably. Obviously, though, the Yankees <laughs> need some polarizing yeah. players. Though look, he kind of he's a guy that I could totally see. Like if he does well, like. The, the Yankee fan base is just going to embrace the hell out of him because yes. he's just so eccentric. He's he's known for uh, what do you call it? Like hasn't isn't he the guy who always tries to like fake being hit? Like hasn't he done that a few times? Like I, I think that's him. He's very he's like very yeah he's very eccentric. He's very uh, yeah. Like if you look up his name on YouTube, the first video that comes up is a video with a million views and it's just him pimping home runs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, remember the feud he had with uh, yeah, it yep. was Archer, right? It was Archer, yeah. Right, now, can you imagine if he makes the roster and Archer's back in Tampa? Yeah. <laughs> fireworks Tampa, in the Bronx. Oh my Tampa God. Bay legend Chris Archer. But yeah, he's yeah, a guy. All, that... all I think of when I think of Dietrich is when he was on the Reds, and a couple of, it was a couple of years ago, and he hit a bomb off of Archer, and he pimped it so hard. He just stood at the plate for like eight seconds. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He stood at he he didn't even move. He just stood there watching it. Is that the game they had the brawl and like I think Amir Garrett was throwing hands and got ejected? Was that the I same think, game? I think I think that, that was sounds it, about yeah. right. <laughs> Where he took on basically the entire, the game, entire and, team. And I think Puig got in, in, uh, involved in it too. Yeah. Um so for the Rangers last year, he was only twelve sixty one, five homers. Uh so not you know, obviously a shortened year, weird year, but even with Cincinnati the year before, he hit one eighty seven with nineteen homers. Yeah. So uh, but, you know, obviously batting averages and everything. We, we're of, not going to need him to hit for an average. We're just going to need him, if he's on the team, to just ding out a few homers off the bench, right, and be a good yeah. lefty bat. That's all we'll need him to be. But I was reading up on him before, and they and I think it was MLB Trade Rumors were saying he's basically turned into a three-true-outcomes guy the last few years, which, I mean, the Yankees have so many guys that are like that, but from the left side, any power from the left side, the Yankees will jump at, you know? So... If yes, he can kind of resurrect his career, I am all for that. And if he can take a spot on the roster, maybe we could finally just kiss the Tyler Wade experiment goodbye. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Because uh, of his speed, he'll still stay on. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. thing is, the Wade, I can't imagine Wade has um, either that many options remaining or that many like that much service time remaining before he becomes a free agent. Tyler Wade's entering a territory that he's been on the Yankees for like 15 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's right at the cusp. Like, yeah, he's, he's pretty much been on this team forever. Yeah. Uh, how about uh guys, Justin Wilson? Yeah. Thoughts? I, I, the second I Back saw again. the Yankees talk, Justin Wilson, I free Willie. Oh, he was, I mean, he was really good for us in 15, the one year he mm-hmm. was with us. So, and he, he's really going to be like our only 
lefty arm in the bullpen that we could use in like the mid innings, right? Because Britton and Chapman locked into the yeah. eighth and ninth inning. So they're really not like lefty arms in the traditional <laughs> sense that you're going to match them up with other lefties. So he's really the one lefty arm we have in our bullpen that we could match up with lefties. So I mean, you, I, I would, I could, I think you could make an argument that sometimes Britton could pitch earlier on in the game. Yeah. Well, he had pretty, pretty decent splits, right? I, I remember yeah. Joe Girardi liked to use him as. I think it was the seventh inning guy for us, right? That that one year. Uh, well, he was yeah, at twenty fifteen. Like so that was before. Yeah, Robertson. Uh, no Miller. Oh right, twenty fifteen. You're right. Yeah, Robertson yeah, was closing in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Right, and then, right because it wasn't the, the the CMB year. Yeah. Chapman Miller Betances. Yeah, I was gonna say CMB yeah, sounds like a radio show in New York. It is, but it's... <laughs> I want to say 2015 was when D D Rob had signed with the White Sox. Then no run DMC. Yeah, that was 2016. So I know. I know. You kind of look look back on that. And you're like, damn, we were really just advertising the hell out of our bullpen because that was the most exciting part of our team. A bullpen that lasted half a year. Yeah. Thirds they got traded. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, yeah, well, we suck. Here you go. And they both made the World Series. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, guys, what do we think of Jay Bruce? Um, it, I think I feel like everybody across the internet had this reaction when they found out that Jay Bruce is only thirty-three. I, I saw multiple <laughs> yeah, people because like, we said it in our chat. We we're like, wait, he's only thirty-three. Like I, someone in our chat thought he was forty. I like, would have bet money on the would, fact that he was at if, least 36. If you ask me two options, like, all right, how old is Jay Bruce? 33 or 40? I'd probably pick 40 because <laughs> he's been around for a long time. But oh, yeah, I'm looking this up now. He he debuted when he was 21. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. quite Mike Trout territory, but I mean that's still very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been around he's the been block around man. 15 years. Yep. Um, and like I like we said, he's been pretty bad for a while. Um. Yeah. You know, you look at his like he's 721 OPS or and 745 OPS the last two years. So yeah, he really just hasn't been good. But hey, who knows? The thing, the thing with him too is he never was a high average guy. He was always oh, a no. 240, 250 with high power. But as he got older, it seems like he just the few hits that he would have every now and then with the Reds kind of just decreased. So now he's just basically all or nothing. He did. He did hit no twenty six homers in twenty nineteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, he still has his power. He's just doing nothing else. Yeah, yeah. You talk about the the three true outcomes. And yeah. He may not even walk a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just his... the two. So then he's <laughs> just he's he's just two outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe his strikeout percentage is in the twenties, if I'm not mistaken, for his out. career. Yeah, I believe so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he definitely strikes out a lot. Um, yeah. So fit right in. Do I sound like a boomer now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you could just ask that at any time. We would just say yes. <laughs> moving on. Um. Moving on, moving on. Um, <laughs> guys, does this, you know, Jay Bruce, you're hearing all these guys. I mean, we talk, we've been talking about it a lot, but does this seal the deal on Guardy? No. Like, is, is that I it? don't think so. And no way. Guardy's just never going to die, is he? Does he have interest he in even going anywhere else? That's the I don't thing. think he so. Wants to play so. for another team, he can. Yeah, he can find we've, tomorrow. we've talked about that. Like, yeah, yeah. Guardy probably starts on a handful of teams. I'm not going to say most teams he starts on, but he probably starts on ten or so teams around the MLB. Mm-hmm. 
I've even heard people say like, oh, Gar- I, the Guardy and the Rays make sense. But I, I don't know. I don't think Guardy. I'm I not, don't. I'm I, not saying Guardy's like a Yankee. Think... Like he loves the Yankees more than life itself. But I'm not sure if Guardy's the type of dude to just go to the Rays or the Red Sox. That like I... one of our, our rivals. I, I don't see Guardy doing that. I honestly think that if he wanted to play some, or if he was willing to play somewhere else, he already would have signed somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I think he's pretty much just, him and the Yankees are pretty much just waiting each other out, and I want to say the Yankees are probably waiting to see um, how the Wilson contract works out and just see, or not works out, the terms of that, and just see how much they have left under the luxury tax once they get to spring training and if they're going to have enough uh, to, to, you know, sign Gardner, then they'll do it. And right. if not, then they won't. I I don't know. I would like to think that he's going to be back just because I'm all in on Gardner. I think he still has a lot to offer just because he's still very good defensively. And last year he was pretty good offensively after he, you know, started going in. He did have a really rough start, but towards the end, he was one of the Yankees' better hitters. So I think as a fourth outfielder, he could still be very, very good. It, at least he's miles better than Talkman. Talkman had a good 2019, but like last year he was brutal to watch. Yeah, uh, it's it's very interesting to me. Um, if I, I could see if they were saying to themselves, okay, you know, we're not if Guardy wants a certain amount of money, uh, we we just feel like either Jay Bruce or Dietrich, like these guys are better options than Guardy. Like if that's yeah. what the Yankees think and they just don't want to bring him back for that reason, will it sting a bit? Yeah, for sure. I can't I mean, imagine they're thinking that Jay Bruce is a better option than Guardy though. Uh, that's a, I mean, probably not. But who knows? Maybe they get a, they have a few of these guys. Maybe one of them hits. Who knows? But it really. I see a lot of people like there's there's a lot of Guardy haters out there. We we know some. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to name any names, but there's some Guardy haters out there. We're very happy because <laughs> uh, we'll you know obviously Aaron Boone had his introductory presser today, and you know he said that Clint's going to be the starting left fielder, right? He just came yeah. out and said it, which I don't think is a big surprise for any of us. But no. you don't want to put stuff out in the universe, right? It's just begging the universe to have something terrible go wrong. Uh, I'm very, very happy for Clint. Yeah, and, he deserves it. Yeah, okay, he absolutely deserves it. And and there's no question that he's the the best option to start in the outfield alongside Hicks and Judge. Uh, the question is, is everyone going to get through spring training healthy, which we haven't for like seven years? So I'll believe that when I see it. I'm not going to. And then right I mean, we 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 hope that that Clint doesn't just colossally implode yeah. in in the spring, which again I don't think he will, but. <laughs> it seemed weird that before they've even had their first team workout, Boone's like, he's the starting left fielder. Um, yeah. You don't have to say that for positions like right field where it's, it's a given. But uh, I, I, I get the, the the confidence boost to Clint because he, he absolutely earned it last year. Yeah, I think it's more of a confidence boost than anything, just for him to go in and not have to worry about anything. Because the, the last two or three spring trainings, he's had to go in and work to be even on the team. You think about the amount of times he started – in the minor leagues, even after he worked so hard in spring training, and then he just, the Yankees still sent him down. So I think it's more along the lines of, yeah, don't worry about it. You're, you're the left fielder. 
Don't and in the past, it was more of a numbers thing. game, right? And this year, yeah. it's not. Yeah, I feel like out of all, for most guys, I wouldn't agree with that. But with Clint, for what that dude's been through in terms of just not playing and not knowing his yeah. future over the last few years, like yeah, he, he definitely deserves to just know, hey, you're the starting left fielder. And he <laughs> has think- been on the Yankees. He made his debut four years ago. Well, we were just talking about the 2016 Yankees. That's when they got him, when they traded Miller. It's been that long. Yeah, but he made – no, what I'm saying is he made his major league debut in 2017. Yeah, the next year. Yeah. Wasn't it on his birthday? Yeah, it was on his birthday. I'll never forget that walk-off he hit. That was so awesome. Oh, yeah, so that, mm-hmm. that's 2017. I think 2018 is when they – when was that game in Houston where he – like that Fox Saturday game where he had – That was that was his debut. That was, that was his debut. Okay. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was 2017. Yeah. Yes. Gerard Butler, Marina Baccarin, and Scott Glenn star in the Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh, pulse-pounding disaster thriller, Greenland. When a planet-killing comet races towards Earth, a father and his family make a perilous journey to their only hope for sanctuary while encountering the best and worst in humanity as the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero. Own Greenland today on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD, which includes deleted scenes, feature commentary with director Rick Roman Waugh, and much more. Anyways, um, guys, name I didn't mention, we didn't really talk about, Robert Robinson Chirinos. I almost called him Robert. That was weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> Robinson Chirinos, a uh, guy who obviously was the Astros catcher on that team that, uh, you know, did some stuff. I don't know what exactly they did, but they did some stuff. Uh, who do we think of Chirinos? Who disclaimer? Because I this is this, this has been said a bunch of times. He was not Garrett Cole's personal catcher in Houston. That was Maldonado. Um, <laughs> I've I've seen way too many people say that. Like, ooh, uh, it's, it's like just because a guy was in Houston with Cole, that doesn't mean they were personal catchers. And just because Cashman brought him over, that doesn't mean that that's going to be the use for him. But anything, no. yep, look who we had last year. Uh, we we had Kratz obviously, and then Kratz. who's the other catcher on on the roster? Rob Brantley. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, a depth I mean, slope, got, and that's literally all it did, is. Did you forget Higashi? Higashi exists. No, I'm saying Higgy and and Gary are locks to make the roster as the one and two oh, catcher. Okay. Who else is in the organization? Yeah, and Brantley. I feel like there's there's also a chance that they might just have Chirinos be the backup if he does well in spring training. He'll probably he play would... a bunch in spring training. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a That's lot, like almost every day. <laughs> yeah. He almost, he seems like the type of signing that they're going to play is way too much. And people are going to be start complaining about. He's just a guy oh that to God, eat up starting spring training innings. Again. Yeah. Well, it, it, he's playing so that you can keep Gary rested and healthy for opening day. Like that's, yeah. that has value too. <laughs> you, you bring in someone, you just bring in a warm body in the spring the thi- to just the, take up the space. The thing is, though, Gary's yep. been so bad that you almost want him to get as many reps as he possibly can. Well, he played in the Dominican League, so I think he's already hit that threshold. I, I know, but still, you want him to play. I feel like it's more important for Gary to get at bats than just catch, you know? Well, he's got to catch Cole. He's got to yeah. figure that out again because yeah, Boone was, was noncommittal in going back to Higgy for, for Cole as a right. personal catcher. So I think... The, the vision is to get Gary and Cole back in sync because you want yeah. your best offensive catcher, arguably. I really like what Higgy was able to do last year, but it was a short season. Um, arguably your best offensive catcher with your ace. It's yeah. a no-brainer. Potential-wise, you want Gary to be with Cole because that gives you the best possible lineup with 
calling them out. Yeah, imagine a battery to, of 2017 Gary with 2019 Cole. Uh, you don't want to start game one of a series and have Higashioka in the lineup over Sanchez, you know? Which we did, and it was uncomfortable, I, but we dealt with it. It just it's weird looking. You know, it it's is. like first game of a series and you have Higashioka as your catcher. It's just, it's not natural looking. It and doesn't I have the same, you know, wow factors. Fact. You, you're looking, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. looking at, at the lineup card and it's, oh, well, there, there's our spot to get an easy out. Now, granted, Higgy was awesome in the playoffs. Offensive. I think he hit yeah. two home runs, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, but I want to say it was two. You look at, you look at the, at the lineup and you say, oh, shit, I got to face Judge and Stanton and Hicks and Voigt and Gary all back to back to back to back to back. That's a nightmare. Now, if you're a right-handed pitcher facing the Yankees lineup. You never get a easy time. But if you have Higashioka in there, it's almost like a break. Where, you know, okay, if I make a bad pitch here, he could hit it out. But at least it's not someone like Sanchez, who, granted, he was god-awful in 2020. Mm-hmm. But still, you make any type of mistake Sanchez, that ball is out. Higashioka, you don't know, because he's the backup catcher for a reason. Exactly. Like you said, he was really good, but that was a surprise, where if Sanchez hits a 450-foot home run, we're like, yep, that's what he does. That's Gary. Exactly. Scary Gary. And uh, Higashioka was 5 of 18 with the home run in the postseason. It's only Two one. only yes. one. Yep. Oh. Uh, and then nine three went to Tampa. I knew it was the one off of uh, Snell, but but yeah, five. I mean, he had a pretty good postseason. Um, guys, quick shout out to Manscaped. Um, use our promo code Babel, get twenty percent off your order, free shipping at checkout. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Other news and notes up uh, during Boone's uh, presser. They asked him about Herman a couple questions, if he's going to address the team about the his uh, domestic violence incident. And Boone didn't say that he would, but he did say that he he's talked to guys about it and it's all good. But um, a few hours before we were recording this, he kind of put out like a weird cryptic message. I guess his girlfriend just broke up with him. Uh, not to go too into details with that. All I got to say is uh, hope that dude gets help. Hope everything because this is the second time he he did this. Remember, it was last yeah. year. He's like, I'm going to retire from baseball. Like, yeah, he almost like threatened. It's to a, you know, it's always scary seeing like cryptic social media messages because you just don't know, man. You just don't yeah. know what's going through someone's head. And well, and because social media nowadays has such a huge presence in society. Oh yeah, it it's does. Just, it's just the immediacy of the moment too. Someone you says see that, and you're all doing that within seconds. Exactly, mm-hmm. and everyone's almost like, oh god, where oh, if this uh, was 2014. And, Someone posted that on Instagram. You're reading about it in the paper the next day, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a five second feeling could, you know, cause you to post something that lasts a lifetime, right? Exactly. But, Where now, you know, someone posts something on Instagram and it ends up on ESPN five minutes later. Yep, that's the world we live in. But yeah, just just hope every that, hope he gets the help he needs. Um, yeah. Other news and notes. Uh, or oh, I have. Guys, Boone said – I found this interesting. Boone said, I believe, that he has, like – there's 11 guys, I believe was the number he used, that he could see in the starting rotation. 11 guys? Yeah, he – like, he, that, that he has, like, confidence that he could see in the rotation. And I can name maybe seven, <laughs> eight, maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. How many minor leaguers is he talking about? Like, is Albert Abreu yeah. in there? Is that Julius Chassin in there? Like, is Nestor yeah. Cortez in there? yeah. Uh, Oh, God, um, Nestor better not be in there. 
Yeah, that's probably has to be a guy on the list, right? And, and maybe uh, Asher Wojcikowski. Please tell me not Adam Warren. Like, I mean, I, oh I you really want to want to go to the, scrape the bottom of the barrel? I, I yeah, guess. we're really scraping that, I guess so. But you think about it, you have, oh god, maybe he's including someone. Yeah, maybe like Abreu, Vizcaino, maybe. But he's so young. He is really young. I mean, I love Luis Gill, but is he ready? No, he was like single A yeah. last year, right? Yeah, that yeah, that's right. why. Because like when he said that, like I was I was looking at my phone, and then he said that, and I kind of like looked up, like, huh? like oh. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> that's a high number, Booney. I don't know. Um, Boone also said he hadn't spoke to Guardy in a couple weeks. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> it's like good to know. Uh, Gary, he said Gary's feeling good and he's in a good place. Heard that before. <laughs> uh oh yeah that's that's something that really uh was kind of heartwarming uh boone opened the presser with uh kind of uh acknowledging the passing of pedro gomez of espn who passed away on a super bowl sunday such a shame he was such a good reporter and by all accounts sounded like a great guy so rest in everyone in the industry I, every him. single person that i saw had nothing but good things yeah to say about him. yep just just one of those things just like, uh, you know, not that it's any of our business, but no idea how it happened. Could have just passed away, but rest in peace to Pedro Gomez. Um, guys, anything else we want to talk about before we get into some guys? Who? Let's predict something. Predict the five. Like, I think we know who the top four in the rotation is going to be, right? But who's going to be that number five guy? Is it going to be Gumby, Devi? Like, I think that's it's going to be really interesting to see. Wait, who's who's the who's the four? <laughs> I figured yeah. Gumby was the four. <laughs> Oh, are, mean, you, are you considering Severino, who will be out? Yeah, see, I, I should have – see, I, I'm a casual. I should have prefaced that better. I meant, like – I shouldn't have said opening day. I meant, like, end game, like, like starting five rotation. You yeah, know, it's got to be Montgomery. The, I, the ideal rotation right now. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, it's got to be Montgomery. Unless the Yankees – I know we talked about this before, and I hate it, but because Severino's coming off Tommy John, maybe they just throw him in the bullpen for stretch run. <laughs> and then I mean, I, okay, here's, here's my thoughts andrew i think depending on when he comes back they might do that if he is ahead of schedule and he comes back like june July, or early july i think they'll work him into being a starter by making him throw you know having him throw three four five innings yeah so well, the yankees were going to do that with with uh sheffield in 2018 yeah. and then they were going to do it with davy in 2019 none of them neither of them actually got called up that year but yeah uh, I mean, not that he's a prospect, but I mean, it's the same high-end, you know, high-caliber arm that, oh, you need you need some some bullpen plugs during the stretch run, and obviously Severino has a permanent place in the rotation long-term. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's my thing. I think if Severino takes longer than normal, and he has to come back, like, you know, August-ish, I think they will just throw him in the bullpen and then just have a lights-out arm in the bullpen, which will still be a benefit to the team because in 2016 when Severino was awful and then they shut they uh, threw him in the bullpen and yep. he had like a point three ERA or something. Yep. But that. his best spot, his best place on the team is as a starting pitcher, and he's shown that he, when he's on and he's feeling healthy, he can be one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah. So it's you know it's a re- it's a shame that he had to have Tommy John, but I think <sighs> he, either way, as long as he comes back. And he looks healthy. I think I'm happy with that. I'll tell you what, though. I'm I'm pretty. Speaking of Tommy John surgery, I'm pretty fired up for for Jameson Tyon. Yes. Hey, yep. Everyone's going the whole oh look at Cashman trying to get a cheap starter injury blah blah blah. And in fact, Joel Sherman actually wrote 
uh, an article in the post, I think it was two days ago. Um, so we're recording this Wednesday night was Monday when it dropped talking about how he follows a, a dangerous trend of cashman acquisitions, you know, guys who have one or two or more than one year left are under 30 have high end talent that they've either been stopped by you know, just injuries or, or something else happened that they just underperformed. So this, you're talking about guys like Evaldi, James Paxton and Michael Pineda. And now Tyon's the next in that line. Don't, don't, I'm don't reading forget, this like, come on, man. Like, come on. Gray. Well, Sonny Gray was a midseason acquisition. Yeah. He, I think he, he does mention him later on, uh, yeah. but this is specifically. I don't really think you can trades. include Paxton in there just because Paxton wasn't a wash of a trade. He, re, he was the best starter the Yankees had in 2019. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, but at the same time, though, like we, Paxton obviously back with the Mariners, and now like him and Sheffield are both in that rotation. Yeah, no, and just I, kind of I, you here. could say the same thing with us and Justin Wilson and yeah. Luis Sess and Chad Green. So, like, yeah, no, it's, look, it's not like like obviously Seattle won that trade, but it's not like a big deal. Like, look, it was the right move to get Paxton. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out. No, but, I, and the no, fact no, we got right, half right. a season of him was because of, of a pandemic. Right, exactly. No, my, my point is just that I don't think it's fair to lump Paxton in with guys like Evaldi and Pineda just because Evaldi and Pineda were legitimately bad. Whereas, uh, you know, it, people forget it's, it's how, how far fetched. If you go back to, I think it was 2014, the first half of the season, Pineda had an area under two. He was absolutely that was the, that, that was the second half of the season when he came back from being injured. Remember that Pineda home opener when he had yeah. like 15 strikeouts? I remember he had watching a perfect game yeah. into the seventh inning. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. watching that. Wasn't that on Mother's Day, too? No, it was opening day. Yeah, it was the Yankee. It was Yankee home opener. It, it was. Oh, wasn't... Well, he, he had the he had another like 15 strikeout game on uh, Mother's Day against the Orioles. I remember. Maybe. Yeah, but oh yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I I do see the people who I don't think it's unfair to compare Jamison to those signings, right? It's especially it, since he hasn't thrown a pitch for the Yankees yet. Yeah, um, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> anytime you, you never want to be lumped in with <laughs> Pineda and Evaldi no. and Pat when it comes to the Yankees. Like, yeah, Paxton. Like, we all like Paxton. Like, I don't think there's any Yankee fans who just absolutely hate James Paxton. But there are. I was about to say, I, I forget like what team I root for and what Yankee. Yeah, you forget like. how psychotic yeah. people are. Yeah, I do. I, I really do. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it really like ju- if Justice Sheffield just and James Paxton just turned into like a great one two punch for the Mariners, it, that's not going to feel good. I'll just it, say it right now. It, it's not. And people will like, you know, like you said, it, it was the right move for the Yankees at the yeah. time. People are going to. Captain Hindsight, bitch about Cashman, but Damn Justice Shuffle was not making an impact on the 2019 no. season, and we went. Like, when 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 Lemayhu hit that 200 home run in Game Six against Houston, you thought this was it, right? We're, we're gonna we're gonna win this shit in extras. We got who we'll beat Cole in Game Seven, whatever, right? I mean, Paxton would have been, I believe, starting Game One of the World Series that year. I mean, that that's a move you you had to make, and by all accounts, it it, it should have worked, right? I mean, we yeah, didn't beat Houston, did, but he did start Game One of the uh, LDS that year too. Yes. Yeah, he, he he had a couple of really big starts for us. Um, yeah. yeah, shout out to James Paxton. Uh, obviously, it, I feel so bad for the guys who had to deal with injuries last year. Because, <laughs> like, dealing with injuries in a pandemic-shortened season, like a normal injury, it's like, yep, you missed half the season, sorry. Or just, like, you know, Paxton was really never able to get off the ground. You know, he was just never 100%. Yeah. Um, well, and you think about it, too. People that can put on the 10-day DL were automatically missing <laughs> one-sixth of the season. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well. You just missed two of your like ten or eleven starts you're gonna have this year. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, some MLB news and notes. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
Cool. 14 years. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a new player. I've never heard of him. Uh, yeah, I don't he had 14 know. years. Nice. 14 years, 340 million, which accounts to $8 an hour after California <laughs> income tax. But it, yeah, <laughs> the, the Padres locked their guy up. Uh, I give them a lot of credit for this. Like, this is the yeah, classic move where, like, they if they don't do this, no one says anything, right? It's just, yeah. like, they're not going to get any criticism for it. But they said, you know what? This dude's one of yeah. the best players in baseball. We want to lock him up. We want to make him the cornerstone of our franchise. We're doing it. And okay. I, the, th- the thing that I give the Padres a lot of credit for is they are preparing to have a long run of being a fantastic team. Yep. They're not just making a run for this upcoming year. Like how they did a couple of years ago when they got people like Kimbrell and Justin Upton. They weren't really preparing for their future. They were just loading up on people for the next year. And it completely blew up in their face. Right now, they realize that they can be a really, really good team for the next six, seven years because they have Machado and now Tatis locked up forever. And they they still have Darvish for a few more years. They have Snell for a couple more years. They're going to have a really good team for a while and they're committing Clevenger, to that Clevenger next year once he's not injured Mackenzie yeah, Gore exactly. best pitching prospect in baseball they're they're stacked, uh, they're stacked. Like they, they they probably have like the best starting rotation depth in all of baseball mm-hmm. um yeah like right now in the MLB it really is like the, uh, the Dodgers are, I'd say are still in a class of their own especially after getting Bauer yeah. um but I really it's the Dodgers Padres and Yankees right now and everyone else yeah, like I, if exactly. you ask me who like the fourth best team is in baseball, I'd have a really tough time. It, it's like a huge drop off. Like maybe the Braves. I think it's the maybe Braves. the Mets. Like I, I I'd I say know. the Braves or the White Sox. Yeah, the, and I'm not and I'm not thrilled about picking the White Sox for that because it's T-Lo. like you have the tiers are like the Dodgers are the top one, the Yankees and the Padres are just below them, mm-hmm. and then you have like the third tier of like the White Sox, the Braves, the Mets, and the Twins maybe the maybe. Twins maybe. Yeah, there's and a lot of under that. It's like the teams that you know probably will make the playoffs, but will be out soon, like the Astros and the Indians, just teams that are still good. But which is wild because we talked about this. I think it was either one or two podcasts ago. But the the baseball prospectus projections for for 2021, and they had the Astros win like 93 games, and and I get their division's not all that great, but like come on, like there's no way they're still the same team that they used to be. They lost their they lost arguably their best position player. So according to betting odds, they have the White Sox is four, Mets five, Braves six, Blue Jays or no twins seven. I was turning the wrong way. Blue Jays are top ten though. I can see that. Yep. Yeah, I would say the J- I would say the Jays right now are the number two team in the AL East. Yeah, they have Cardinals, A's at ten and nine, the Twins, Rays, Jays, Braves, Mets, White Sox. I think I messed up that numbering because I'm an idiot. But yeah, uh, they have the White Sox as the fourth best team in baseball, and the Mets is fifth. Yeah, uh, like, I don't love that, but I I can see it. The White Sox are not a bad team by any means. They just have an, an the, old racist drunkard as their manager. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an issue. But the, the Padres and White Sox kind of are very similar to me in terms of they're both – like you look at the White Sox and Padres rosters on paper, and it's, they're stacked. Like they are just absolute oh. – Padres more so, but both teams are very stacked. But both teams got to show it on the field, right? Like both teams need to show over a course of a full season that – they could be an elite team. You know, the Yankees and Dodgers have shown that. I think the that. White Sox would be – we'd feel much better about the White Sox if they had made, like, a big-name acquisition to go along with Hendricks. Because, I mean, other than that, they haven't really done that much this offseason. Yeah, Where I don't love their the, starting rotation overall. Yeah. Outside good, of – you have Giolito, you have Lance Lance, uh, Keuchel, 
I think they said Kopech was they were planning on being in the starting rotation. And I don't know who they're going to have as number five. Well, well didn't, wasn't the Lance Lynn trade this winter? I mean, it seemed yeah. like so long ago. But, I mean, that, that there's yeah, your, Lance Lynn your second. Lance Lynn trade Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying their rotation is not bad by any means, but like Luigi said, I don't think it compares to the rotations of the other like good teams. I don't think the rotation is better than like the Indians. I think they have a a higher floor than than yeah. we do, than we do. No, and... I agree because the Yankees rotation is a giant question mark right now. Right, it's high risk, high reward, but exactly. it could bottom out. Yeah, yeah, we we just have the fact that we have an elite pitcher in our rotation and kind of yeah. like a lot of people Luber, rank us Luber top could throw 10. one pitch in his armpit ball. <laughs> you know you don't know what the Yankees rotation is going yeah, like, to be. Like we said like a few episodes ago, like someone had the Yankees as the eighth best starting rotation and this was before they got Kluber. And I was like, wait, Garrett Cole and just a bunch of question marks is the eighth yeah. best rotation. I don't know about that. And Cole's good Cole's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how good he he is in any given night where he pitches because he could be the third best pitcher in baseball. He could be the fifth best. He could be the best pitcher in baseball. That's still only one game every five days. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't change what you get the other four nights. Exactly. Yep. Um, so I think that'll just about do it. Um, guys, any, any final hey, thoughts? Hey, hey, we're, we're forgetting about the real big news of the day. Tim Tebow has officially retired. Wow. Wow. Um, F. F. I, I'm gonna. I think we should all just kind of take like a collective moment of silence. Um, it's like really, really devastating. Uh, guy had such a great career. He was such a good hitter. Um, no, no, seriousness. Like, I, 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 like Tim Tebow. He good for him for like trying to yeah. be a baseball player. And look, he he sold a bunch of tickets. Like that's kind of the whole thing. You know, yeah. like how many minor league teams? Like Alex, obviously Alex, you worked for one, so you know this. Like minor mm-hmm. minor leagues teams like they're looking to sell tickets any way they can and exactly. when a former heisman trophy winning qb comes along like hey come on bud Let's, oh we yeah don't, we don't care you're hitting 150 come on bro. come on aboard but i do get if he's gonna sell if he's gonna sell tickets then yeah, don't care. yeah he definitely sold a bunch but yeah <laughs> he just every remember the spring trainings where like he would get actual at bats against actual pitchers <laughs> just <laughs> you just get blown by man mm-hmm. it's, it's, look man I, you got to give credit to anyone who attempts to play baseball because I feel like hitting a baseball, like we always talk about, like, oh, what's the toughest thing to do in sports? Hitting a 95-plus mile-per-hour fastball, I will always rank number one. I mean, that that's just – it's just – it's brutal. You have – you have bringing world-class athletes, and they'll just look like complete idiots at the plate, right? Like, my, yeah, Michael yeah. Jordan wasn't, like, as bad as Tebow was baseball, but he, you know, he was hitting 200, kind of really struggling once teams yeah. figured him out, you know? So, yeah, Tim Tebow, uh, F2. And I, I, I had a laugh <laughs> – I mean, it was like Tim Tebow's professional baseball career. Like, I get minor leagues are still professional baseball, mm-hmm. but it was just still funny to, like, see it's that. Still, it, yeah. it should have just been baseball career. <laughs> His professional career. Like, come on, he was in the pro. Does that mean he's still going to play independent ball? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was my, my, my semi-pro career still alive and well. I'm about to play <laughs> semi-pro baseball. He definitely made so much more money in all of his other endeavors that yeah. baseball was just a hobby. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, dude, well, you're on ESPN. He, he said he was never playing baseball to make money. He legitimately wanted to be... A pro baseball player. Honestly, yeah, if I want, if you want to make a lot of money, just play minor league baseball. Not, <laughs> don't make anything, man. It's such a shame. And now, obviously, with yeah. all the teams being cut, they're probably gonna make even less. So, yep. Thanks, Rob Manfred. All right, so, yeah, guys. Any any final thoughts? Uh, F to Tim T. I, honestly, man, I'm disappointed in us that we didn't start the show off with that. I mean, yeah, we're a Yankees. I, honest, no, 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 no. I think saving, I think we're saving the best for last. That's a good point, Alex. That's a good point. But, however, I think this podcast needs to be named the Tim Tebow Farewell Tour. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Um, <laughs> which pitch? Which pitcher did he face that just absolutely blew three fastballs right by him? I like, forget. <laughs> it was like a good pitcher. I'm pretty, it was like a pretty. Was good it spring pitch. training last year? I or... think it was a couple years ago. There was no spring training last year. Oh well, I mean there was. There was a little. There was a little bit. Um. I, I remember what you're talking about. I just yeah. forget who it was, and it was brutal to watch <laughs> because it was three fastballs right down the middle, and he was not even close yeah. to any of them. It's, it's like watching like a little league uh, player like swing so hard there's like helmet almost falls like off. One of those little leaguers you know is secretly like 18 years old in the little league world series who's <laughs> just blowing fastballs past everything. Thanks. I I am 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. I think that'll just about do it for us. Uh, guys, baseball's back. Uh, baseball's back. First, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the first spring training game is in 10, the February 28th, I believe. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that'll just about do it for us. For Luigi, for Andrew, for Alex. This was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. <laughs>